Hey everybody, it's Bradley with the Insurance Guys Podcast here. Before we get started today, I wanted to tell you about this week's sponsor. You know how your clients get overwhelmed by how confusing insurance is? Well, insurance agents tend to feel the same way about online marketing. Let Uptown Marketing help make sense. Martina is the owner. She's a very, very good friend of ours. Head on over to UptownMarketing.com to check them out. Insurance agents from around the world, welcome to the Insurance Guys podcast. My name is Scott Howell, your fearless host and leader, insurance agency owner and insurance evangelist for I Protect Insurance and Financial Services based out of Huntsville, Alabama. And before we get started on today's episode, please help me welcome, he is a six foot three sophomore from Sarah Land, Alabama, parade first team All-American, rivals five-star recruit. He is a fantastic insurance agent and a great American. Ladies and gentlemen, please stand and welcome the incomparable Mr. Bradley Flowers. How are you, Bradley? Great, Scott. How are you today? That might have been my best intro for the day. I was actually thinking that. <laughs> for the 250,000 insurance agents listening to this right now, that was probably my best intro of our entire batch filing podcast that today. That might be your best one ever. Drop the mic and go to the house. Guys, I am excited to be in Mobile, Alabama today. We have had a big day. Bradley and I have done so many podcasts today, and we actually have this on camera that we actually, please tell the audience that what I'm saying is the truth. We ate lunch during a podcast. We did. We did because we were so cramped. Uh-huh. I actually. Very, uh, very, very quietly. Like, yeah. Well, meow, meow. I, I was eating a Chick-fil-A lunch, uh, sandwich like I was trying. He got, to, called, he got called to the mic. Yeah. I was like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, was, I, I was eating a Chick-fil-A sandwich, guys. Like I was trying to keep a group of kindergartners asleep in their classroom during nap time today. <laughs> that is a true story. I promise you. Uh, guys, we are excited to have our guest on the podcast today. I'm proud to have him here. I, I, I'm excited to talk insurance with – I, I can talk insurance with anybody, but anybody that I, I find has the the passion, the drive, the determination – and the things that you need to be successful in the agents in your agency and, today, he's one of those know, guys. I, I don't know. If there's anybody more passionate about it than I, him. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. So, with that being said, let me bring our guest on today. He is originally from Hasbrook Heights, New Jersey, and he lives in Poughkeepsie, New York. He studied at the University of Albany, and he is married to the beautiful Tina, and they have two beautiful kids and and more importantly than all of that he is a shareholder and producer with fraley and reiko inc and guys i want to go ahead and introduce to you the other incomparable mr billy van jura how are you doing billy i'm doing excellent i was saying i, I listened to you know a handful of your podcasts to kind of warm up and make sure i could be as good a guest as i can be and that was exactly what I was looking forward to. I'm sitting here smiling. <laughs> that is awesome, dude. Thank you so much for being on the show today. I I, I don't know if this is your – I'm holding in my hand what looks like a screenplay for something that you would see for a movie in Hollywood. It is, it is front and back. I've read over a lot of this, and it really, to me, is, is kind of a manifesto. Would you agree or disagree with that? That wasn't the initial intention, Okay. but about 30 pages in, I was like, gosh, I think I'm onto something here. Right. And then I, I, I looked up, she's like, this is, this is reading more like a, 
it's not a mission statement. It's more just a, a combination of, of things that probably could be called a manifesto. That's for sure. It's, yeah. it's a, a work in progress. I spent probably a year or two in. So if you flash back to where you guys are, we're probably where Bradley is now, mm-hmm. deep in the trenches, getting an operation going. Right. I took all the stuff that was annoying me from the captive side, and when oh. I would redo the transaction as an independent, mm-hmm. I would write it down. I'd gotcha. write a paragraph, right? It, it, it's kind of choppy how it's laid out there, but that's essentially what would happen is I would have this transaction, and I would summarize it. Mm-hmm. And, um, yes, it kind of bled into that manifesto really long thing, and next thing you know, I've got whatever it is, 60 pages of stuff, and I'm like, i got to do something with this. Dude, I'm going to tell you what this is. I'm going to tell you what this is right now, Billy. Are you ready? This is a, this is a damn good start to a book. Well, that feels good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, that's what this is. Like, it looks like to me, based on the information and, the, and, and, and what you've written here, it is a really good start to creating a book that you could obviously write and have published. And then, of course, you could mark that off the bucket list of things you've done in your life, right? It's on that list, but but similar, and you guys say it over and over, like you would do this podcast like for yourselves, right? And and I appreciate that. You're meeting all these people and you're sharing information and you're doing good things. And the thing I never, I, I don't say never, but I certainly didn't want to be the guy writing a book, you know, that book is a business card kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I didn't want to be that guy. I didn't want to write a book to say I've got a bestseller. That's cool. That's a nice thing to put in a profile. Right. But I'm really, really conscious of my time and mm-hmm. how I spend it. Right. And I and, saw I saw that at the beginning of this, at the bottom of the first page. Oh, sure and did. that's it. Every transaction I do. So it's the, if I'm going to put it out there, mm-hmm. it's almost a practical guide of, you don't have to do all this stuff, but I only wrote it down because it worked. So mm-hmm. feel free. And I mean, that would be a good feeling to know, you know, people took that information and did something good with it. I want to go back now that you said that, because I love this sentence that you wrote here. This is on page number one. I value time and have an immense appreciation for this finite and unable to be measured resource. I really like that. When I read that last night, it started making me think about time in, in, in that finite manner in terms of what we have as human beings. You know, we've only got so much time on this planet. There's a lot in here that I really like, and I haven't gotten a chance to read all of it, but I have read quite a bit of it. And before we get into some more of this, what I'd like for you to do is I need you to do me a big favor Climb in the passenger seat of my DeLorean and let you and I go back in time to when you got into the insurance industry and just talk about how you got into the industry and then just kind of get us up to today. Perfect. So I had uh, uh, played a little football in college. I, you know, on the list of things to do was to keep playing because I knew I could. So I kept playing for a few years. Summer, late summer of 2002, I was engaged at that point. My wife-to-be found a house she liked wasn't making a whole lot of money playing football and working side jobs. And, uh, you know, I ran out of contracts. And at that point, I was exhausted. And I said, well, geez, you know, uh, I need to find a job. And I did a handful of interviews. And my mother-in-law, who's, you know, kind of one of my role models for networking, said, you should go meet this guy. And he's with one of the big captives and did some interviews, started with them in November of 2002, was officially licensed in March of 03. And then just kind of rode that path for a while until I learned some stuff. And then, uh, as you know, uh, captives make changes. They made some changes I didn't like. I stuck it out a year. We had a second kid. I had another little project I did. And then in May 2011, I said, all right, I'm out. 
you know, uh, and um, went out on my own to do those things. And, and I know I've heard, uh, you know, Bradley say it on some other different topics, but the same thing of saying, you know, I, I, I got a hunch I'm doing a lot of things right that mm-hmm. I can't do while you have me shackled over here. Right. So I left. Went on my own in May of 11, learned the ropes. Bradley, I admire the heck out of you for saying, I'm just going to give this thing a go and get my own appointments because, mm-hmm. you, I mean, uh, it, it's like a unicorn riding on a rainbow, right? It's not <laughs> easy to, it, it's really, you're not... The carriers don't push you that route. It's not easy to do, but I, I, I support it 100%. Started working on several projects while trying to grow a business. It's not easy, but I was doing it. And then a couple of things started to work, and uh, I needed some help. So I rolled my business into a, a larger company, Fraley & Raycal, and became a shareholder with them. Built out a pretty cool online program, and here we are. So I'm the guy that was playing football, ran out of contracts. Mm-hmm. I fell into insurance. No family driving me into it. I, I, I wasn't quite your story of resisting it for a bit. I never, I never even gave it a second thought. But uh, you did a really nice piece on, uh, you know, looking at athletes and stuff. And I, everybody was like, "You're an athlete. You should go into sales. Mm-hmm. Like you should just go down this path." And, and that's where I went. And then uh, here I am. <laughs> well, that that is definitely a natural progression for a lot of athletes out there. You know, especially here in the state of Alabama, where kids that play at Alabama and Auburn uh, have such notoriety, especially if they if they played a lot, you know, and, and played on a, on a winning team or a national championship team. They are well known, and so that kind of lends itself after college if they don't go to the NFL to kind of progress themselves into a sales career, whether it's an insurance or some other form of sales. You, you, a, a lot of those athletes end up in some form of sales career. So, Tell me some of those challenges that you faced going from captive to independent relative to, you know, the, the nosebleeds and the, and the hard knocks that you took, you know, during that time, maybe there's something in this that, that Bradley can take from that. So unbeknownst to me, I was really being kept in a bubble, mm-hmm. right? You, you, you were taught what the company wanted you to know. And, you know, you had to focus so hard on grinding out that one product. Right. Uh, you did a neat, uh, one of your things. You did a little bit of talking about life insurance, and you got really honest there. And I, mm-hmm. and I, I don't disagree at all. It's the well, you just sell what you got in your arsenal, right? Mm-hmm. Because you got to make some money. Right? That's right. So, but, but there was never time, nor was I ever encouraged. And I'll take responsibility for not looking. But nobody pushed me to learn the business. Mm-hmm. Nobody pushed me to kind of see what else is out there and learn this stuff. Unfortunately, and he's still a friend of mine now and he even left too. I needed some help. And mm-hmm. he said, well, I'm not leaving, but I'll help you. Like mm-hmm. I'll come along for the ride and see what we can learn together. Cause he knew he's a little bit older and he knew a few things. And you know, that was a big help to see what else is out there. And then you know, I, I, I wrote the moment down early. I knew that when my broker's license showed up, I was in violation of my contract. Mm. So when the broker's license showed up in the P.O. box on May 10th, I knew that May 11th, I was handing in my laptop and that was it. Right. So I didn't know what day I was starting. I just knew the deal I made with myself was when that showed up, you didn't want to be caught in violation. So you said, all right, I'm out. Uh-huh. And then it's, you know, I, I, ironically, I just had a chat with a friend of mine. He just left a large company, had been there for 20 plus years. And I told him this a year ago, and, and he was forced into taking my advice, which was, it's going to take you every bit of six months to kind of find those new habits, right? You're probably in that stretch now where you're you're either consciously or, su- or subconsciously in a rhythm now, Bradley. Like you've been, you've been on your own now, closing in on six months, right? So you're we're getting really that, close to that, really close. Right. It, and, and, and a big sign doesn't pop up to say, oh, you got this now. 
but like somewhere around that six month point, I was like, all right, I'm feeling good here. Like I'm in comfort. I'm in that grind. I got my new rhythm. I, I got an office, like things are good. <laughs> you know, then you feel good for a minute and then all, then it all goes to heck. Right? Right. So, uh, and, and that's cool. You just kind of got to keep grinding on through it. But the biggest, I suppose the biggest takeaway, and it's something I try my darndest to tell and even tell the independents is please, please, please expand those horizons. Have other conversations. Talk to people outside and inside the industry. Read a different article. Don't get too hung up on the sauce from one company or the other. Now, you won't make a lot of friends that way, right? You'll make a lot of friends, but you there's quite a few people that aren't going to agree with you because you're going to expand your perspectives, but that's, that's just kind of life. No, I, I, so. com- I completely agree with that. I think that's something that this podcast, and I'm certainly not thinking that we are the end all or be all to insurance podcast out there because there are some fantastic insurance podcast out there. But one thing that Bradley and I have tried desperately to do is to expand our listener listeners horizons relative to exactly what you just mentioned you know you get in your your captive your little captive agency with the other captive agents that are just like you around you and you you really don't expand and and for a long time i was that way probably Mm -hmm. i know a lot of agents that are that way you know they've they're captive. They, 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 they really don't talk to a lot of other people in the insurance industry. They're not a member of any organizations. They sell one product. You know, it, it, it's exactly what you said earlier about you find yourself in that bubble and they don't ever get out and really expand their horizons the way they, they probably should expand them. And I, and I hope there are a few people out there that we've reached, and I know we have, that write to Bradley and I and they talk about, hey, man, I wish I'd have found your podcast a year ago or two years ago or whenever. So tell me about what you're doing today relative to being a shareholder and a producer in the agency that you represent right now. Are you writing personal lines, commercial? What exactly are you doing? So the way I, I went about things when I went on my own, it, it was kind of simple. And it kind of goes back to that time statement of mm-hmm. there's a way I'm going to do business. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't have to like it, mm-hmm. but there's a way I'm going to do business. I'm not an order taker. Right. right? And, and it's not that I'm going to hand out orders to you, but my goal is very simple. I work with good people who let me do my job. Mm-hmm. Now, many of these really intelligent people can prove that I should really be a specialist and learn a product line really good and build out a book of business and something. And I have no disagreements for that, mm-hmm. except I really like meeting interesting new people mm-hmm. who let me do my job. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So I ensure some really oddball commercial accounts, exotic, exotic, like, ri- exotic risks. <laughs> Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. Nothing crazy, but but certainly like, huh, all right, let's see if I can find a market. You right, know? But right. it's because somebody else I like puts you in front of me. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. So, well, okay, let's try this out. Now, in, in many cases, I end up writing a personal insurance. So when you look at the whole account, mm-hmm. even though it was a little wonky to put on the commercial stuff, mm-hmm. you know, at the end, from a math standpoint, it's great. Mm-hmm. But I really... Given the choice, I think I prefer the personal, the mm-hmm. personal to the kind of that portfolio stuff, mm-hmm. where they, you know, the guy's got a couple. You, you your, your, uh, your guy you had that went to Georgia and he was buying a big commercial property, and then he needed some flood insurance, like that stuff there, where that guy appreciates the heck out of you. Mm-hmm. I believe it might be a little slower, but you could build just as good of a business working with him because you're going to earn more per dollar working with a, a guy or a gal that that is demanding 
but lets you do it on your terms, right. then you are t- taking on every package that you know can go down the street. I like, mm-hmm. think of, um, and, and pardon me for not remembering exactly, you two had a tremendous discussion, and I was laughing because I felt the same stuff. You, you run into that person somewhere, and they look at you, and then you could see the guilt in their eyes of mm-hmm. like, oh, shoot, like, I totally forgot I knew you and you're in insurance. Right. I just switched, right? Like that kind of thing. Oh, it's hard. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. Oh, it's brutal. But what I would say to anybody, including you guys, is, and, and you know, okay, whatever. Like, get to the, I tried, and I think I'm there, where I'm at the point where, and, and don't take this as, as an ego thing, but it's an attitude I have of cool. I don't really need you. I got enough people. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I appreciate, yeah. I appreciate your sentiment because at that point, like it's, well, you didn't value me enough to even think about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And there was a guy the other day, I don't have his insurance now. I had last time I'd had his insurance was probably when I was at the captive. So like eight mm-hmm. years ago, mm-hmm. but we keep in touch cause he could be a good account. Mm-hmm. He drops me a note about some sort of specialty stuff. And I said, well, here's a couple of thoughts just cause I, I try and be polite to everyone, but my first line, and I couldn't help myself, was please let me know what options your current broker comes up with, mm. you know, because I know I'm not it. And right. he didn't call his current broker. He called me because his current broker is Geico, and they couldn't do anything for him. Mm-hmm. So I do my best to just focus on people that want to work with me. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, they don't all have to be unique and crazy. You know, the bread and butter ones are wonderful, but they're nice. They pay their, you know, they don't always pay in full, but they're nice about it. And you kind of, I don't know, I look at them all as friends. I can even show you my Gmail. I categorize them as friends and acquaintances, right? Friends have bought for me and acquaintances just haven't bought yet. Oh, I love so, it. I love uh, that. <laughs> you know, what, so, I, I would say the overall writing theme of this podcast uh, in terms of the, the the podcast that we've done over the past two days, which has been but quite a few of them, but I would say the one word that I've heard more than any other word over the past two days has been relationships uh-huh. and, and building relationships. And we've even had a couple of podcasts that, this week that we've touched on, you know, writing good business, writing the type of business that you want to write which kind of rolls back to the culture of the agency that you create, right? Because you, you as the leader of that agency are kind of setting the tone on what type of business that you want people to ride inside that agency. Mm-hmm. Um, so exactly. Yeah. Billy, I want you to tell me something. You've been doing this quite a while now and, and you've done it in, in different capacities and different types of agencies. What do you feel like the real strength, your real strength is if you, if you look at yourself and, and use some self-awareness here, what do you feel like your biggest strength is in terms of what you do? You know, I, I think the thing I remind myself with, and it's something I, 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 I've said in a few other places before, but it's something I really focus on is I strive to be a resource, mm-hmm. you know, a real professional resource, a professional salesperson where uh, the truth is, if I needed to, I want to. I want to have the confidence and the skill set that the product doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. That I can go do that, and I take that approach with saying, it, it, it's not that I'm going to be so good. You just can't say no to me. Mm-hmm. It's that I'm just going to give you every reason possible to say yes. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, and and the truth is, it's a tactic, even though it's just kind of part of how I am. Mm-hmm. I do not care if you buy from me or not. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to do as good as I can for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you, you know, everybody I talk to, the goal is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. How can I improve your coverage and lower your rate? Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and if I can bring some other value. So it's kind of that attitude of saying, I don't need you, mm-hmm. but I'm going to give you the same value. I don't give a darn if you're the single person renting with one car. If somebody trusts you enough to give you my phone number, you get the full treatment, right? you know, and, and, and that's a stupid way to run a business sometimes, except mm. they're nice people, mm. you know, but Hey, can I take one of your stories that cracked me up? Oh, absolutely. Because absolutely. It's, it's so yeah. opposite. You, you told a story and I, and I've gone to some of these things too. Right. And I sit back and stay quiet because I, I can tell other stories about being laughed out of rooms, mm. but you told a, a clever story about, a, a you know, I think it's a smart move by the marketing person. She puts you all in a, in a round circle. Yeah. Right. And right. Said, right. Right. So, but I sit here and, and I know, listen, we all have a, you know, there's all sorts of, of people I follow or read that I think are interesting, mm-hmm. but and it's probably your friend Gary V that said it, you know, it's like, well, you're not going to out Gary me. Mm-hmm. Like you're not gonna, you're not going to do that. So you're, you're telling that story about nobody's willing to share anything. Right. But meanwhile, I've been in rooms, uh, you know, early on, uh, there was a cluster of companies that, that said, Hey, why don't you come talk? You know, we're looking for more members. And I went and talked and I can remember clearly not being laughed out of the room, but being laughed at by a couple of the partners. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm sitting there right in front of them and they're just laughing at me. And I'm just like, gosh, like, okay, if that's how it's going to be now, fast forward, I'm doing just fine. The things I said I was going to do, I did. And, and, and that's good. But I shared all sorts of information with them. They didn't take the advice mm-hmm. and now they're all struggling. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's the, I, I don't give it, you know, that, that whole sharing and giving good information. It's similar. I sent those notes down to you guys of saying not everything's going to work for everybody. Right. You know, you apply, you apply effort to stuff and it's going to work, mm. period. I mean, mm. you can apply money to things in the work or, you know, I, you and I think you guys probably interviewed Jason. Jason Cass and I go back a ways. Mm-hmm. And I, the whole Facebook advertising thing is cool and the math works. Mm-hmm. It's just not my thing. Right. right? right so right. it's, I think that stuff, you know, it plays to your, I suppose your strengths has to be just knowing your strengths. Yeah, you know, knowing, knowing what works for you. Absolutely. And, I, and I'll say this, you know, uh, that story probably resonates with a lot of people, especially captive agents that are in a particular area and have district meetings or regional meetings where you've got lots of agents that are coming in from a very similar, you know, right down the street kind of place. But I will say this, and I, I've said this on a few previous podcasts, I do believe that right now today with the advent of the the podcasting that's going on in the insurance industry, I think in terms of the overall industry, we probably have more openness and more communication going on back and forth across the country with different agents. I mean, let's just all, let's just direction. Yeah. Let's just get all in the truth tree real quick. Okay. Y'all want to all climb up in the truth tree real quick for Scott Howell. And for, you know, I'm probably a lot more uh, likely to share information with somebody from San Antonio, Texas, than I am with a dude that's got an agency half a mile down the street from me, right? I mean, that's just common. I mean, that's just, I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. But, you know, I, I think that overall in the insurance industry right now, today, there is more openness and more communication between agents than we've well, probably ever had. We, we live in a we live in a sharing economy, right? In 2019, and right. it's not, I don't think that it's the industry is going that direction, mm-hmm. but the world is right. going that direction where right. people realize, wait a minute, if I give some advice 
to right. such and such down the street, it's not necessarily if he succeeds, it's not going to hurt me. Right. Back to the whole Gary Vaynerchuk build the build, biggest building in town by building the biggest building, not tearing everybody else down. Right, right, right. And the example I always give in that regard is me and my wife. Now we're four doors down from each other. We both run agencies. In case anybody didn't know that. Now we're four doors down from mm-hmm. each other. We work two doors down from each other. Right. And we have very, I mean, every now and then we Run compete over other. the same, well, we compete over the same client. Uh-huh. Very rarely, very, very, very rarely does that happen. Right. And when it does, it's like, <laughs> that's funny, you know, and oh, yeah. we mastermind with each other to the umpteenth degree. Right. I mean, I tell her stuff. Like we 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 talk about stuff that you and I would never talk about right. to a, a, a deep degree in terms of business, right? And you know, I think it's because of two reasons: a, there's enough business to go around; mm-hmm. b, we both market in different ways, right? Just because you give someone a piece of advice to do something doesn't mean they're going to execute it the exact same way that you do. Well, what's you know? fu- what's funny about Bradley bringing that up is there was a book that a lot of commercial agents have read, uh, and it's a great book. But it was it was entitled "The Wedge." Read the wedge. Yeah, I think I most, I'm not a fan. Most agents have, but in that book, and I can't remember if it's in the forward or if it's in the back of the book, or if I just heard this from the guy that wrote it. But he said, "You know, I wrote that book, and I gave away all of my secrets." Uh-huh. All the things that I do. And he said, you know, the reason I did that was I knew that no matter how many people read that book, 97% of them would never do anything about it. That's that's true as well. So <laughs> He also charged $52 for that book, too. So he came out he, okay. That's really? an expensive book. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know it was that much. Well, take two things because, I, you know, I, 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 I know you guys keep to kind of a time thing here. Do you want to know who the first person is to acknowledge that I sent him that book? Who's that? Bradley Flowers. I'll be damned. You don't want to know how many hundreds of dollars I spent sending that freaking thing out. And it's bigger now than when I first sent it out. Oh, really? Now, but here's the thing, though. It's I do that same as I get on the phone with random people or send random emails or put Mm -hmm. comments on posts of people that, like, you'd never expect to hear back from. Right. Because it it builds that. Uh And I know you dropped a few words here and there, so I'll keep it clean. But I don't give a, you know, a blank muscle, right? Right, Because I don't. If you never said that, if you never said boo about it, I consciously told myself I won because I took that confidence boost and said, I'm going to spend the money to print this thing out and mail this thing out and say, I think you might like this. And if never, if nothing ever came from it, I, that was like my gym workout for today. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. That, that was my confidence boost. Take your sharing thing real quick, because I think this is really, really important in the work you guys are doing and willing to share things. If you know, you got 250,000 people paying attention. You, you got a, a, an audience that respects the guests you bring on and, and, and trust your judgment for vetting them. I'll tell you what, part of why you and me and, and, and others are in this tremendous situation is because of how many lazy, ignorant people came before us. And that's not calling anybody out in particular. It's saying when all you're doing is focusing on commissions and loss ratios and, and, and allowing rate increases to happen, Whose camp are you really in? You're not taking that Bradley Flowers route of saying, I work for you. I'm going to do my best to take care of you. So we agents need to be polite, but we need to be vocal to these carriers who are just not pretending like it's 2019, right? They got the money. They got the resources. Like, if there's one thing we can share, it's a common interest of our carriers getting Mm -hmm. up off their keisters there and getting better. 
Right. Mm-hmm. And if we have, and it doesn't need to be a unified voice, but if we're at least planting stuff in their head and kind of ignoring that guy in the room that says, well, I just need more business and your rates are terrible and you, you make the companies not pay attention. Like if we could all head down that path, if I'm going to give my marketing rep some genuine suggestions of things I'm looking for instead of just sitting there and letting them check the box. Yeah. You know, I, then I don't care if you're in Alabama doing it and I'm in New York doing it and your friends are in Connecticut doing it and Massachusetts and Oklahoma and, and, and everywhere else you guys got friends. All of a sudden, that marketing ref from whatever company that we've got in common is in some national meeting and you got six marketing reps saying the same freaking thing. Maybe that's what it's going to take to move the needle forward. So, so if we can, you know, just on your own, be willing to at least share with those marketing reps. If you don't want to share with Bradley or Scott, let's face it, guys, you guys don't need anybody else's suggestions. You're good. You know, right. you don't mind them, but but you're all set. But geez, at least help us all push this thing forward, you know, because it's going to go forward with or without us. You know, it's funny you bring that up. I think you're exactly right about anytime you're able to share things with a marketing rep for a particular company that you know, they have a boss to answer to, and then they, that person has a boss to answer to, but the more that that company is hearing the same drumbeat, you know, from across the United States of America. And then, and then also, I mean, obviously the data plays out as well. We, we can get into talking about data, but you know, the more that that marketing rep gets with his other marketing reps and they start talking about the same thing. Well, I'm hearing the same thing. I'm hearing the same thing, right? The better chance there is of change taking place within that particular organization. And a lot of times it's not just about rate. A lot of times where we need to go out and and talk to marketing reps and have a real honest conversation might be, on the ease of doing business with that particular company or Mm -hmm. hey man we're trying we're trying to quote on your platform that you guys have got and y'all are a multi-billion dollar company this company over here has got a much easier quoting platform or you know you're you know here here's what we're hearing about claim service from your particular company all of those things they keep hearing that over and over and over again eventually enough of that will will start flowing upstream and changes will be made. And I've had some conversation with some conversations with some carrier reps, you know, around those types of things. It's on some really advanced stuff Mm -hmm. and, and they're open to it. They, they, it's almost like it's a breath of fresh air to a degree, not to thump my own chest or anything as I'm not doing that. But, but I've had, and they're like, man, I wish, I wish every agent would think like that or things. And I've even had some carrier reps, uh, run some stuff up the flagpole mm-hmm. for me. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, now, now what you have to remember is those are you know very slow moving. You're trying right. to get the Titanic to do a, a 180 right. very fast, so you have to remember that component. But then you know, and I've also told some stuff to some carrier reps that I did not want told to other agents mm. that did get told to other agents that you know. Uh, right. So you have to. Also, remember, you have to be careful what you're telling those carrier uh, reps, too. You know, I've got uh, one right now. As soon as I get a chance to dump them, I am because of something a carrier rep did, right. to, be, to be frank. Well, and I'll, I'll say this. Bradley does a much better job than I do of not scorching the earth. He is more diplomatic. I think everybody would agree with <laughs> he, that. He is much more diplomatic. He is much more, you know, he's go, he's going he, gonna to say something that's maybe – uh, a little, maybe a little soft, more soft-handed than I would. I, I probably run the danger of, 
you know, calling a marketing rep in a bad mood and saying something that 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 I can't ever take I, back. So I agree. I, I think no, I think we would both do. Like, so like I, I had one that um, particular carrier is funny about trees. I've told this story a bunch of times. I've never told it on the podcast though. Uh, they canceled this this or were going to cancel this house because trees weren't touching the house. They're just close to the house. Oh, and, yeah. It's like and, yeah. and 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 the the marketing rep have and I, and I love this carrier. This is not the person I was talking about I was going to dump, but marketing rep comes, and I like the marketing rep too, comes by the office and uh, starts, you know, uh, talking to me. And what's going on? Aren't you putting more through us? And I was like, well, to be honest with you, you know, where I am, there's a lot of trees. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of trees. And y'all had this one client you canceled, and that, it, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm scared to put my good clients, and this particular carrier rate's heavy on credit. Mm-hmm. So, like the rate was extremely low, right? Um, so for this person, so it was hard to find another carrier to put it. But anyway, she goes, "Well, why don't you just uh, ask the, the client to to trim the trees back?" And I said, "Why would I do that when I can just write them with another carrier who doesn't care about trees? My <laughs> client's not going to conform to you. You're going to conform to my client, right. or we're going to put it somewhere else." Right. So. That sounds that's something like you would say. I was yeah. as blunt. I, you can't right. be any more blunt than that. Right. But I went about it in a. It's, it's, we go about it in different ways. I'm I, not scared to tell somebody to piss off. I would you agree. know, and and back to what Billy was saying as far as like me going direct to all these carriers because I don't have that cluster group because I don't have that governing organization. I can do that. Right now, is right. that always a good thing? No. Is it always the right carrier a right move to tell a carrier? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. Because mm-hmm. if you piss off enough of them and burn you don't burn bridges in business right but when it comes down to it you know i'm working for my client i'm not working for that carrier do you agree billy oh, oh yeah and, and it's tricky listen i've I, I i'd like to think i sit somewhere in the middle of you where i know how to I, I i'd like to think that maybe i can i can back off as needed but then you know it's a lesson a friend of mine kind of learned together a few years back kind of that respond versus react but I'd be lying if I didn't tell you I've gotten phone calls from companies saying, could you please take down that tweet? We're partners. Like we, we don't want right. to do that. We don't want to see that stuff publicly. Like I've gotten my, I've gotten my wrist slapped several times and I said, well, geez, like, you know, it's good for all of us. I was honest in these other 10. So I have to be honest in the 11th and just cause you don't like it, but you know, I still deleted that tweet. Right. So, um, I, I, I dare, you. I dare <laughs> him to try to tell me to take some down. I'm not a captive carrier. You're not going to tell me what to do. Hey, hey, let me it's ask a, it, Hey, hey, Billy, yeah. I want to ask you a question yeah. real quick. And I may be uh, no. overstepping by saying that because there's some big independent agent listening to this going, you just wait, boy. You just wait. But <laughs> well, that's just, that's my gut. I'm like, I'm not, you know, of course, at the same time, I'm not going to be reckless too and put something out there right. that could get anybody in hot water on purpose, at least. Anyway. Well, I, I want to ask you, I, this is how I want to close this podcast out today. We're, we're kind of up against a tight deadline here, but, sure, sure, and sure. I hate that, but I, I want to ask you about, you, you mentioned in your, in your introduction that you had built a book of business and then sold, I think you said you sold that book of business to, I believe it's Fraley and Rakow. Rakow, is that correct? Correct. So um, I think there's a lot of clarity. You continue that question. Yes, that, that's correct so far. Well, and my question was this, you know, after having your own agency that you built and then sold to them, but you stayed on as a producer and a shareholder, what are some of the major differences or things that you've noticed since you did that 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 are different? Because quite honestly, I, I've never done that. Bradley's never done that before. Probably a lot of agents that haven't done that. 
And I, I'd like to know kind of what, what you've experienced relative to the differences between being out on your own and then being part of a, a very large agency. So several short points. Mm-hmm. I'm certain part of the problem in insurance of why we are where we are today is because compensation models haven't been adjusted appropriately or, or mm-hmm. in a, in a mass fashion for decades. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that could have been addressed, and we'd have more agents and, and, and more licensed people selling insurance today. And you know, some of these massive aggregators wouldn't exist today if companies would have been more responsive to their producers as they grew and matured and became other things. So there's something I built out, and I'll, I'll hit you guys up privately just because it's something I, I can't really go too public with. But right. there's something I was building that that needed needed a little bit more resources, needed a little bit more reputation than I had established at that point. And you know that was available via a larger, more established agency that had been around for 50 years. Right. That so the guy that's got a heck of an idea that you kind of like, well, that idea gets a bit more credibility when it's tied together with a 50 year old company. Right. Right. So that, yeah, well, right or wrong, you know, Bradley, I'm with you, pal. Listen, I, I, I feel I was listening to your origin story and, and it's, sorry, you know, I, I got a young boy and we, we go to these Marvel movies, right? Your origin story. It's it's just reliving you know May through you know May 2011 through 2012 like that's the truth where these companies look at you and they scratch your head and nobody wants to try anything new because they they think there's a risk but meanwhile they'll throw away all sorts of money on advertising so there is a certain amount of clout that comes with an established agency right and you know to that compensation point and Bradley you mentioned a few things and in, 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 in some of your talks like you if you're running an agency. You know, do whatever you want to do, but if you're hiring a young person purely thinking they're going to become your buyout strategy, um, I've got news for you. That young agent, depending on who they are, has enough tools and resources now because of podcasts like this that they may not be there when you think you're going to have them there. And I've seen that happen too, right? So I chose to, you know, set up my arrangement a certain way because I knew of the, I knew the value I was bringing. And I think a lot of people need to factor that in. So, and I agree with what you're saying. And I'll tell you something else too. When you go to work with a large, a large agency that may have five, 10, 20, 30, 40, $50 million worth of business with a carrier, man, I'll tell you what, when that guy calls somebody over there, they'll answer the phone and they can, yep. They've got more clout. They've got more. I, I don't want to say the tail starts wagging the dog, but you certainly can get a lot more done in terms of well, a lot of different areas when, when you've got that type of premium with a carrier rather than, hey, I'm just starting out scratch and I'd like to get an appointment with you. You know, from there, from right at that point, you're at the very, very bottom of the ocean trying to work your way up. So, well, Billy, I appreciate you being on the podcast today, man. It means a lot to us, and I appreciate you supporting the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, Bradley, do you have anything else before we go? Man, Billy, I just really appreciate it, dude. I, yeah. I love the fact that you sent us this this your manifesto. I read it. I took it in. I'm going to read it again. Um, the fact that I'm the first person to acknowledge that is absolute insanity that somebody wouldn't wouldn't do that. Um, and I apologize that it took me so long to comment on it. I actually uh, sent you a message immediately, but when I look back, it actually didn't go through. But, uh, man, you know, anyway, Scott or I can do anything for you. And, and listeners as well. I mean, reach out to Billy. 
Billy is uh, one of the more active people on social media, especially Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny when we did the Gary Vaynerchuk episode, I, uh, I tweeted and said, Hey, who's got a question for, right. Bi- for, for Gary and <laughs> Billy sent me like 35 questions. So, uh, so that was, that was, that was, that was good. Uh, uh, that was good because it, and even though I don't think we asked any of those questions verbatim that particular afternoon, Scott and I had our first session where mm-hmm. we sat down to come up with questions, which is. Gary V is the only podcast we've ever done that for, and we were able to draw from that. So Absolutely. even though we didn't ask any of those per se, they certainly inspired our questions. Mm-hmm. But it was it was interesting with that episode. You know, we had two two goals. You know, one was to ask questions. You know, it would have been easier for us to go in there and ask nothing but selfish questions. Right. But we wanted to ask questions that we knew our audience would want to know the answer to a hundred percent to help the audience. And we wanted to ask questions that he had never been asked before. Um, and I think we accomplished both of those goals. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. And just, to, just you guys need to hear it. Uh, you need to keep doing things like this. I, I, I don't do it. Podcast is not my thing. I write a fair amount, but like we need to continue to push forward even when we don't think anyone's reading or listening or whatever, because the truth is it, it, this is good candid information you guys share. Mm-hmm. And I hope you all continue to do it. Look, I appreciate you, you guys giving me a chance to chat. And the fact that, and here's the thing, if you're putting stuff out there into the world, okay, if you're putting a blog out there, if you're putting an Instagram post, if you're doing a video, if you're doing a podcast and people are listening, mm-hmm. there is a tremendous sense of responsibility that comes with that. Agreed. It, like, and Scott and I don't take that lightly no. with this. You know, no. the fact that we have so many people listening to us every month, like, or every day, every week, you know, the fact that that's the case, I mean, even if we hated this whatsoever, we would still do it right. because we, like, we, I feel like we owe that to these people because they're literally hanging on every word sometimes, yeah, right. you know? So, I mean, uh, and just because you don't think somebody's listening or watching doesn't mean they're not. Oh, they're always watching. And there's so, I mean, <laughs> I guarantee you as many people, as many people as there are that engage with your social media posts, right. there's probably double that took it in that didn't engage. I, I, and guess what? That's still an impression. That's know, still you, somebody you, taking it in. Don't to, you agree? To your point, Bradley, and I had this con- I've had this conversation with my wife probably three times that, you know, we will post something personal on Facebook or Instagram. Like I posted a picture of my wife this morning on Facebook. I saw it. Or we'll post something about our house, you know, us us redoing that house that we did. I'll be walking down the street and, and I don't know people in Arab, Alabama. I've never lived in Arab, Alabama. And I'll be walking down the grocery store aisle and somebody will stop me and they'll, or, and they'll say, hey, I saw your post on Facebook about the house. And I can tell that there are, and she and I talk about it all the time. You are exactly right. The, however many people like or comment, it's probably it's probably more than double. It's probably triple or quadruple the people that see it don't ever say anything about it, but they're watching. Does That's that make right. sense? I guarantee you, it's at least double. I, I, and, at and, least, it, it, right? And it's you know, and, and it's on the contrary of that is why I think the person who gets engagement mm-hmm. on their business page, right, or any page, right. And doesn't engage back is a terrible person, right? Because not and I not, tr- and I, not I really to do better. I not to do really better. not, and I don't mean that literally, but but it's it's that's not a good thing to do because right. I remember Bradley Flowers in 2013 was literally 
posting 10 times a day mm-hmm. on Facebook. Literally, mm-hmm. I would wake up in the morning. I had my content bank I would pull from. Right. I would schedule 10 posts for that day, mm-hmm. and no one was engaging back for a year. I would get, I get, I would get three engagements. Uh-huh. I would get myself, my right. mom, and my grandmother. <laughs> So I remember that. And there, right. there's a kid out there, a guy or a gal out there right now that's doing that, that's getting zero engagement. And for you to get engagement on your social pages and to not engage back is the equivalent of seeing somebody you know walking down the sidewalk and looking away. Right. You know? I agree. And so, so you, need to, you need to engage with the people you get, but you're also getting people that – you're also getting the ghost followers right. that are not watching. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more. I think it happens a lot more than we know. And then to that point, when you start getting hundreds of people, I posted a video on the 4th of July that got over 3,000 views on Facebook. And I guarantee you 6,000 people saw it, Mm -hmm. you know? So, uh, guys, listen, Billy, again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm going to go ahead and close this thing out. Guys, remember, rewards come from action, not discussion. Get your ass out from behind that desk today Go out into the big, bad world. Build relationships with people. Love people up. Uh, what was the term Scott Tindall used yesterday? Relentless optimism. Relentless optimism. Relentless optimism. I love it. I love it. Go out into the big, bad yeah, Absolutely. Hey, go out into the big, bad world today and sell insurance and make money for your family, your kids, your wife, your husband, your parents that are struggling out there. And write good business for the agencies that you represent. Write good business for the companies that you represent. Bradley Flowers, I love you. Thanks, man. Thanks, Billy. Hey, Billy, have a great week. Have a great rest of the week. Guys, you are listening to the Insurance Guys podcast, and we'll see you back here real soon. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Insurance Guys podcast. If you need to know more about me or you need to get in touch with Scott, you can always reach me at theinsuranceguyonline.com or email me at iprotectins at gmail.com. And if you need to get in touch with Mr. Bradley Flowers, go to bradleyflowersinsurance.com or email him at bradley at sarahlandinsurance.com. Guys, we love you. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to being with you again real soon on the next episode of The Insurance Guys. Take care.